Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Season 5 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. Hey guys, welcome to an in-between seasons episode. We're going to be trying to do this as much as possible between seasons while we're staying at home. We're going to be doing movies that normally wouldn't make it on the main feed. There are more movies that they're just okay um, and not in a really fun way. Although this movie that we're doing today is pretty great. My guest today is Nicole Matthew, who is not only our coordinating producer, you're probably used to hearing her name at the end of every episode, but we also um, are hosting a podcast together called Quarantinis. It's a daily podcast that comes out on the Solid Listen Patreon. It's patreon.com slash solid listen, S-O-L-I-D. L-I-S-T-E-N And that's where all the minisodes For Mother May Sleep With Podcast exist It's where we have Feathers in My Hair Dunzo Which formerly was known as The Smush Room And a bunch of other really fun content All of that lives on the Solid Listen Patreon We have some new podcasts coming out I'm so excited about one Um I guess I'll just tell you that we're having a podcast coming out with one of my favorite YouTubers named Caroline Ricky. Um, that should be happening towards the end of April, and I'm so excited to launch that. So go over and join the Solid Listen Patreon if you want to hear bonus episodes and also my daily podcast with my guest, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hi. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's Easter. Christ has been reborn. Um, I'm so excited that you chose this movie that we get to do, um, Identity Theft of a Cheerleader. It truly stood out to me. It was the first one that I picked in the list that I had sent out to you. I was like, this sounds like it's going to be lit. And boy, did it deliver. Yeah, it was great. It was um, one of those movies that I watched it the first pass on my phone and I was blown away by how quickly it went. It felt like it, it went by in like a half an hour. Like it was a really juicy piece of episodic television versus a hour and a half long movie. Um, and it's really feels like very free form, not ABC family. It feels very free form. It feels like something that would be for teenagers, a cautionary tale about not being too hard on yourself in high school and listening to your, your gross mom. Um, yeah. But I, I thought it was really exciting. And, um, you know, the character in this, we're going to do... So for the mini episodes, just so you guys know, the way that they run is they're similar to more like an hour and a half long conversation versus the typical sort of super beat by beat, lots of quotes, lots of clips. We don't do clips in these movies. So if you're looking for clips, this isn't for you. But... Um, 
there's a lot to talk about with this. Um, I'm having a hard time finding a movie to compare it to. Do you, uh, does it draw any comparisons for you? I guess never been kissed. Yeah, that would be the one that I would think of only because of the going back into a high school scenario as an adult. Right. But that was more of like, I don't know, that didn't seem as unwell as this one. No, this is not a rom-com. This definitely ends with the Drew Barrymore character going absolutely psycho on everyone. Um, But... I guess let's just go into it and sort of break it down and tell stories as we go. But basically, we start with a flashback on a high school during cheer tryouts. And there's three girls who are trying to make the team. But one of the girls on the bottom of the pyramid, she's unconfident. And everyone suffers because of this lack of confidence. I feel like my viewing of Glee, or not Glee, cheer has led me to be a expert on cheerleading. And I feel like I knew what she was doing wrong. And part of it was just that lack of confidence. Yeah, she definitely wasn't. um, She wasn't a solid base. No, no. Um, And so her partners are really mean to her after they finish up this little like exercise for tryouts. And they both make the team. But our lead, Vicky, doesn't. And they basically are like, you're a loser. We almost didn't get on the team because of you. And if you think Jason would ever like you, you're nuts. And it's definitely like one of those things that I don't know if I remember high school really breaking down that exact way, but they do this a lot in movies where they'll be attacking them for one thing and then they'll throw out like... (laughs) You know, Something that'll really salt that wound. Yeah, like, and if you thought your cookies for the bake sale were good, well, guess what? Everyone threw them away when you left. Like, it's like, what the fuck does that have to do with the cheerleading team? But, um, yeah, so, I mean, this girl's mom, basically, is just a very typical TV mom where her beat is, you know, I was a cheerleader. I was that captain of the cheerleading team that I went to a sorority and a great college. And now I'm about to make partner. And that's the the goal that she has for her daughter. And her daughter's like, you know, v- young Vicky's very salty. And she goes, but she couldn't make dad stay. And a quote that comes back a lot throughout this whole thing is second place is the first loser. Yeah. So she throws that in her face. And this is like been very formative to Vicky's like adolescent brain. Um, So her self-worth and anger issues really develop at a young age. And it's unclear if because she like bangs her head on a bleacher after the, the cheerleading practice. It's unclear if we're supposed to think that like she has some sort of traumatic brain injury that has like sort of made her lose a piece of herself because I wrote that down because I I kept noticing throughout the movie like small little things about like a head trauma like she'd bang her head against something and right before like the title card is the title card I think rolls she like is clearly going to bang her head against a mirror yeah <laughs> and, and she's rubbing her head before that's her thing she loves to bang her head against things I go back and forth right like about whether or not i think that's cool because i think it's cool that they're giving like 
traumatic brain injury a platform i always think that that's great when they sort of highlight that in movies because i don't think that's something that people really talked about um 10 15 years ago but and obviously it's more recently come into the conversation with like cte and all sorts of more extreme versions of that but also it's like I don't want to blame Vicky's issues on hitting her head on the bleachers. Like, that just means she's a true victim her whole life. And I guess that is the lifetimey element of it. But I kind of want her to just be a kook. Yeah. I felt bad for her, like, throughout some of this. And then there were clear points where, like, if she would have just laid low, (laughs) she probably could have gotten away with some shit. Right, right. And she's unnecessarily mean um, throughout a lot of this. Like, she has a real edge on her. And maybe that's the TBI. Maybe. Um, But yeah, so we cut to present day where Vicky is having dinner with her mom who's transferred her money for her birthday. And she asks if her boyfriend, Darren, has found any work yet. And Vicky says, no, but, you know, I'm thinking about going to night school and getting a degree. And she thinks her mom will be proud. But her mom says, you know, kind of basically like, what's the point? It's just harder to break into like any field at your age. Um, Vicky's 30 years old. I think we should describe her physically like because she's she gives a lot like you get Dakota Johnson. You get Zoe Deschanel. You get Lake Bell. Like, mostly Lake Bell, sort of, and that it's important to remember this character has the voice of, like, a 40-year-old woman. (laughs) Yes. And that was, like, one of the biggest things that I kept thinking about later in the movie. I was like, her voice is just so much deeper than everybody else. And so instructional. Like, she sounds like a teacher. She sounds like she has built up confidence from like teaching acting classes to her peers and like really knows how to command a room with like sort of her voice, which is not a a trait many high school girls have, even ones in a leadership position. There's always a little bit of like youthful immaturity that is in a girl's voice, but she just like really, you know, you would believe that she has been like, you know, leading swim classes at the YMCA for quite a while and knows how to like get the attention of a room. So well these- and also with her look, they in the like the first scene where she's in high school, she has bangs. This is a classic thing that they do to make people look young. She has bangs. You fast forward to when she's having dinner with her mom. She doesn't have bangs. And she looks like, you know, almost I, I don't even think she really even looks 30 at this point, but she looks older. And she's like an L.A. 30. Like, okay, I think that she she looks young. But if someone told me she was 30, I'd be like, oh, totally. Yeah. You know, and the the thing that really kind of sells that she might be 30 is that. And also maybe contradicts it a little bit is that she looks like she is very like not pulled together, like. Her clothing doesn't look particularly specific as if she has a style or anything. She just sort of looks like she's given up, which is like sort of a 20-something that's going through some deep depression slash a 30-year-old who never found themselves. And I say that as a 30-something who's never found herself. I look like a scrub nine days of the week. (laughs) 
yeah, she definitely gives off the vibe that she doesn't have it together. She doesn't have a handle on things. You know, she doesn't have a career. Um, but I also felt that like that was so real as, you know, as far yeah, as like no, being like late twenties, early thirties, because like, I didn't even break into my career, which like, I resent her mom for saying that, but I didn't break into my career until I was 30. And that's because I was just on a completely different path. And what I'm doing now fell in my lap. But I mean, when I was like late twenties, I barely had any money in savings. I was living in an apartment with my boyfriend and we were both just like trying to make ends meet. And not until I was like in my like early mid thirties where I am now, do I feel like I finally have it together? I mean, pardon the expression, but her mom's like a legit boomer. Like yes. her mom really grew up not knowing the struggle. Like her struggle was very different. She probably, I mean, she lives in a gorgeous home and had like a life that, you know, sort of progressed in a really categorical way. Like she just, yeah. from like one I think her mom's a lawyer. Because she mentions being like up for partner or something. So that's what I was just guessing is that she's, a, you know, she's a lawyer. So she clearly went to law school when she was younger. That's probably where she met Vicky's dad. And, but he didn't stick around. So I thought she was really a know. designer and like was getting partner in some sort of design firm. Oh, okay. All right. Like she has that sort of fucking bitchy designer thing that they always she do does. <laughs> where it's like I know how to put a vase on a table so fuck right. you um, by <laughs> the way tell- oh go ahead just speaking of um, mother-daughter relationships, I took a gander through some of our reviews on iTunes, most of which are very favorable and kind. And some of them, I look at that and I'm like, that's fair criticism. But one woman went off about how the host is like, I don't know what she called me, but she said something about like, she's ridiculous. She said she wasn't allowed to drive until she was 20. First of all, I'm so sorry, but like I was a little mama's girl bitch and like I absolutely felt like my mom was in charge of me until I graduated college. Like I went to college 20 minutes from home. We weren't from money. I worked all the time to help put myself through school, give myself spending money, etc. I'm from a town with public transportation. And when I say I wasn't allowed to drive, who was going to teach me how to drive? Like what like my friends who also didn't have cars at college, like the reason why I wasn't allowed, quote unquote, to drive. Sure, if there's a will, there's a way. Uh, of course, if anyone's going to teach us that, it's Vicky slash Caitlin throughout the <laughs> Ain't that the truth? But like, yes, I wasn't allowed to drive. I wasn't allowed to use the family car. My, I, you know... I, I guess like my, my uncles and my, my, eventually my stepdad were the ones who took me out driving on the road. Cause my mom just would have like a meltdown trying to teach me how to drive. Um, so yes, I wasn't allowed to drive until I was 20. And, um, <laughs> I also feel like the fact that like you, you grew up in a, you grew up in a major city with public transportation and why would you drive? Right. I, yeah, I don't know. So I guess like uh, my allowance to drive like is also very subjective, but like I wouldn't have even been legally allowed to rent a car 
um, let alone, you know, necessarily. I'm a goody two shoes bitch, okay? I would never drive someone's car without insurance. I would never like ask my friends to put themselves in that position. Um, I don't know where I would have even, I don't know how I would have driven. Like if I didn't have, if I had so many people not signing off on me driving, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe allowed is the wrong word, but. I was strongly discouraged by the person who um, basically helped prop my life up until I was 21. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I was afraid to upset my parents probably until well into my late 20s. And honestly, that came apart with I, my dad would help me out here and there. It's I, he didn't bankroll my life by any means. And even when he did like help me through college, I still had jobs to pay for anything that I wanted to do outside of, you know, books and room and board. Right. Yeah. So if I wanted to move into a different place, I had to pay my own rent for that. If I was going to live on campus, he'd take care of it. So, you know, again, he didn't bankroll my life, but if I needed something, I always felt beholden to what he thought. And until I started actually making enough money to support myself, didn't really care anymore. Totally. Like my school was paid for through scholarships mostly, but like also my mom definitely paid for my room and board and my books as well. So yeah, I guess, I guess I was a little bitch. Um, to that, to that reviewer. Um, but anyway, so, um, Vicky gets home from dinner with her mom and her disgusting boyfriend, Darren is waiting for her. And right away he's like, so did mommy Warbucks like pad you with some cash. And he, uh, basically then transitions to say that his job hunt is going well. And once he gets his first paycheck, he's going to give her a big fancy gift. So, Right now, the only gift he can give her is his sexy body. And tonight, he's going to take very good care of her. And that repulsed me. It did. But in that moment, they seemed like they were really into each other. Yeah. But I mean, like, the more you get to know Vicky, the more you're like, is she ever in control of her own mind? And also, this guy is such a clear user and his issues become... I mean, he is. Oh, yeah. To to Vicky's mom's credit, he is a loser. Absolutely. Um, So at work the next day, Vicky finds a girl named Caitlin's school ID on the floor. And Caitlin is one of her coworkers. And Vicky works at basically like a... A, an outlet store. It's similar to like a Ross, if I had to guess. Um, and the, then the boss comes in and says that she's giving her her two weeks notice because she has to let someone go. So we go to um, high school current day and the kids are all talking about how to get through senior year. We've got like the po- popular blonde girl, Heather. We've got the popular blonde jock, Liam. We have friends, Mandy, Craig, a girl that I just call Keto Girl. I believe her name is Gemma. And uh, they're just like, you know, they're the popular cheerleader slash athlete types. And Liam says that he wishes there was a senior year advent calendar. And behind like each of the little doors would be like notes to get out of class or like cheat sheets or whatever. And they're like, that's a really good idea. You should sell that. Um, And it is actually kind of a good idea. I mean, if I was a senior in high school and I had an advent calendar like that, I'm not going to say I wouldn't use it. You need something to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I do remember 
like this movie made me reminisce about sort of the coast that you got to do senior year after all that work you'd put in previously. Senior year was just like a piece of cake. So let me ask you, do you think Glendale High is in your Glendale or is this like an Arizona Glendale? You know, I noticed they've been using Glendale a lot in movies, um, like Lifetime movies. And I'm guessing it's like supposed to be a Glendale, California, although it has a very different vibe. Um, Glendale, Arizona, I think is like a big city. Yeah, I think it's like right outside of Phoenix. It's like one of the cities like right next to Phoenix or something. Because even with all of my, you know, being tracked by the government and whatnot, if I were to type Google into Google Glendale, it would pull up Arizona before the place I actually live. See, and I got like Washington State vibes from it because of it was not really sunny a lot, but I don't know, kind of like the, the gray tones. I think it was probably filmed in Toronto, if I had to guess. I can see that. But like, oh my God, I kept thinking about this last night when I was watching it. And like when I was trying to go to bed after where I was like, I feel like they could have filmed this in a week, but then also like not really, but there was something more flimsy about this whole movie than your average lifetime movie. I was definitely thinking it was filmed within a week. Like it had a different feeling to it. And if I, if I, I don't know, I feel like knowing about production is also is helping and hurting me because I don't think there's a way they could have gotten it done in a week, especially because Vicky's in nearly every scene. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it felt like rushed to me or that there was something more simple to it. Although I will say I thought the casting was pretty good throughout. I agree. I thought that everybody played their roles really well and they were suited for the role that they were playing. Yeah, I thought so too. So um, just to sort of rush through it, Liam has a big crush on Heather and they've had a crush on each other for a while. We know that Heather is not going to have a great season with cheerleading because she had some injuries last year. But Becky, or sorry, um, I wrote her name as Becky. Um, Maddie? Maddie, uh, yeah, Maddie, their friend, has a great shot at making captain. Um, Vicky drives by the high school and sort of checks out the teams, and right away she has a plan. So at home, Vicky sees that her boyfriend has bought a new computer. And he says, and not just any new computer. Like, he straight up got on Amazon, bought a MacBook Air, and had it sent to the house. And he's just hanging out on this laptop when she walks yeah i was surprised they had the logo in it yes me too so he um said that he bought it with some of the money that her mom gave her for her birthday and he's like but that's cool because you can use it for school when you get started at night school and she was like well that money was what i was going to use to go to night school and he's like just ask your mom for more money she's got plenty of money for you what a dick yeah he's a real (laughs) loser (laughs) um and he's also super unattractive Yeah, he is not cute. She could do a lot better, just saying. Yeah, I think that, I don't know. I feel like he was cast to sort of show how bad of a place Vicky was in her life. (laughs) Just like so fucked up to say. But it's like when you give a like kind of a hot girl, like a below average boyfriend, it's sort of sending a message. Yeah, he definitely sucks. 
and like and all aspects. He's addicted so, to online gambling. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's playing poker online and she's like, Hmm. I don't know what about that made her think about the next step that she took though. I think it was like a fuck it moment. Okay. Like, I think she was like, fuck it. He's checked out playing poker. This isn't going anywhere. I'm going to just go get the life that I should have always had. And I'm going to sign up for Glendale high school underneath Caitlin's ID. Like, so I, I have to tell you before I know that I sent you this movie and I have read the description, but I must not have read the very last line of the description because I didn't think that she would legit go sign up for high school. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Okay. Wow. I and then I went back you. and read the description and I was like, how did I miss that? <laughs> I also didn't fully grasp what was happening because the, the title cheerleader identity theft. Yes. It implies that she's going to take the identity of a high school cheerleader. (laughs) Or I don't know really what, I don't know what it was. I thought it was about like a cheerleader who has her identity stolen. Yeah, that's what I thought. Or like maybe like someone started publishing porn under her name or something. Like I I really wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I certainly didn't think it was this. Um, (laughs) Thank you, because I feel very validated right now. No, it was really confusing. And also, I think that, you know, Lifetime has a run right now, like the way that they do Dudley or whatever. They're doing a cheerleader run right now, which I really appreciate. And I do think is a nod to cheer. I subscribe to that theory. So on her last day of work, she steals some new clothes. And that night, she cuts bangs in the mirror and practices some slang. And... um, (laughs) We see her like this little like montage of her getting ready in the bathroom right before she starts school and also her getting in shape, um, applying for unemployment um, and then like her practicing her slang in the mirror. And she goes, oh, my God, that is so sick. Can you just skirt? Spill that tea, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I loved every second. I was like, oh, honey. Oh, honey. This is going to come back to bite you. Something's going to happen with this. I know. It really is like, hello, fellow kids. Like, it's totally that. (laughs) How do you do? (laughs) So she decides to delete her old social media so that there's no trace of her former self. And the popular kids we go to school next day are getting ready for college. And they're talking about how their senior year is going to set the framework for everything. They see that there's a new girl at school and they're that friendly group of popular kids where they're like, God, it's going to be so hard to go to a new school. And Heather, you know, being the sweetie that she is, is sort of like, "Mm, I'm going to be your friend. So Vicky goes into the principal's office and from now on, I'm going to refer to her as Caitlin unless she's with, um, unless she's in like her old apartment or if she's talking to her mom or something. Um, when she's at school, she's Caitlin. So she's basically saying that, you know, the principal is like, you can't register because you don't have any of the appropriate paperwork. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, just let me finish my senior year. I went to Arbor high school. My name is Caitlin. Um, He asked for her old school ID and she says she can't find it, which is strange because that's like the only thing she has. Legit. The only thing she didn't even like make up some transcripts. Like she 
she put little to no thought into this except for I'm just going to go back to high school and do my senior year over as a 31 year old. Yes. (laughs) I mean, good for her. Like her crazy works for her in some ways, you know, she gets pretty far with it. So in English class, we find out they're reading The Sick Rose by William Blake. It's a poem that they have to study that night for English. Um, The teacher welcomes Caitlin to the class and tells her that she can share a book with Heather. So the English teacher is a major bitch, and Mandy is the first one to say it. And Heather's like, don't call her a bitch. Like, she's tough. And Mandy's like, yeah, that's what we call teachers, bitches. And like, there's sort of this like, okay. Um, So Caitlin uh, sucks ass at volleyball, and Mandy is not being super patient with her about it. Um, at lunch, the popular girls are looking for Caitlin because they're like, because Mandy's like, wow, that girl sucked at volleyball in gym class. Like Mandy's very competitive, like winning a gym class game of volleyball is something that she's carrying into lunch as a conversation. And she's like, thank God I, you know, blocked that, that new girl who sucks at volleyball. (laughs) And Heather's like, yeah, where is that new girl? So we see that. Caitlin is in the bathroom eating a sandwich next to the toilet with the scowl on her face. Gross. Like, I've never understood, like, the classic movie trope of, like, someone who's ostracized eating in the bathroom. And normally when this happens, they're sitting on the toilet seat. Like, they are sitting on the seat. They're eating their sandwich or whatever, or their lunch tray or whatever. But this girl is sitting on the floor next to the toilet just eating a sandwich. Yeah, it's really gross. And like, also, when you think about like stall culture, like everyone could see her legs, like, yes, her like ass balled up on the floor. So she like is looking at the door with all this graffiti on it. And I wrote down a couple of things that stood out to me just because it was some of the most bizarre bathroom graffiti I've ever seen. When I was going to ask you, is this a hallucination or was this legit? Because the bathroom seemed really nice. The graffiti seemed very out of place to me. I don't think it was a hallucination. If it was, it was like the first of its, it was the only of its kind where she was like having weird visualizations. But one said, who actually likes the cougars anyway? Bunch of nerds. And then another one said, have a nice poop, eat fiber. (laughs) So wholesome. Like that is the most like wholesome graffiti I've ever seen. And she has like a moment where she's like, and she like kicks the door or something. She's just raging. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like you loser, you're like 30, like go out to your car and like go get McDonald's or something. Like you're a senior. You don't have to eat in the bathroom. You have off-campus privileges. You're 18 years old. Like, nobody can tell you that you have to sit in the bathroom. I just love that you went from, you're 30, to, you're a senior. (laughs) (laughs) Off-campus. Well, it's like, even if you're, uh, yeah, like, one, you're 30, and two, even if you weren't 30, you're a senior. Like, play your part. So. Um, at home, Darren has been gambling. He thinks that, you know, she was at work. That's what we find out. Um, and he goes, 
He goes, oh, short shift today. And I was like, she's been gone for like eight hours. Like school is a long day. <laughs> right. And uh, he goes, I won $58 gambling. And he seems really proud of himself. Oh, like, what I'm a gonna... high roller. Yeah. $58. Like that's a day's work for him. Um, and so Dark. she sits on her bed and flashes back to her life in high school. And then she sees this card on her desk. It's a 30th birthday card, presumably given to her by her mother. She looks in the mirror and she goes, come on, Vicky, you've got 12 years on them. You got this. <laughs> Dark. So she's, just, she's committed to the bit at this point. Like already she is, she is in. It's a bold choice to have made her like three zero too. <laughs> Like a 20, 24, 25 would have been better, but okay. But I All guess right. she has to be like old enough that someone can convince her she's a loser. Yeah. Like if you're 25 and someone says you don't have your shit together, you're like, well, fuck it. I'm 25. Right. But True. 30, if you already have low self-esteem and you're working at an outlet store, and, like, your mom has spent her whole life telling you that, like, status is everything. Maybe you buy that you're a loser. More likely. But, anyway, we go to um, Heather's house. And we find out that she had twisted her ankle last year. And she doesn't think that she's going to be going out for the team. Uh, she wishes that Glendale had better arts because she really wants to go to Carnegie. And all they have is drama. They get a call from someone named Lauren at dinner, and it turns out that it's her sister, and she's getting her three-month sobriety uh, pin that week. And they do kind of a good job, I think, of showing the impact of addiction on a family like this in a subtle way, where yes. they're not destroyed over it, but it is absolutely something that has changed like the fabric of their family. Yeah, you can tell the mom is... She does a really good job of showing the exhaustion and the skepticism that comes along with loving an addict. And, totally. and, you, and you see that all the way through the film, which was like, she did a great job. I think so too. I think they did a really good job of like establishing this underpinning for this family as like their narrative, but it wasn't like... They didn't even though, have to say much. Like, that was the best part of it. They really showed versus told. Yeah, absolutely. So the next day, Caitlin has her books when she comes to class. And the teacher calls on Liam for his interpretation of The Sick Rose. And he thinks it's about an intruder, a character who's, like, very similar to a stalker. And the teacher says, you know, well, if you think that, you didn't take the time to read it. And Caitlin stands up for him saying that Blake's poems in particular are vague and subjective and known as being quite hard to decipher or tie a specific meaning to. And that like he's baffled, you know, scholars for years. And the class really likes that she stood up to that bitch, Miss Christie. And Caitlin, you know, does better in volleyball. She looks pleased at the cheer tryouts. You know, they're coming this Sunday and she's excited about that. Um, it's so funny that this this guy got shot down for his interpretation of the poem. Cause we were talking about on quarantinis this week, how your film instructor like ripped you a new asshole for not understanding <laughs> citizen Kane. And I, I know. <laughs> well, you're wrong. Well, okay. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> 
It's true though. Like when you've got a high schooler and like they want to table an idea about like an interpretation of a poem and you're just like, no, that's not it. Like you're really cutting off chances for education. Absolutely. Miss Christie destroys someone's spirit. She is. Yeah. Um, so Caitlin says she tried out for cheer at her last school and she almost didn't get it because her teammate dropped her and they all agreed that that would have sucked. So she basically, you know, swapped roles with the girls that were mean to her in high school. So in the locker room, um, Mandy's like, Hey, are those the new striker 1080s? And she's like, yep. Um, and they're converse by the way. Yeah. Like, Yeah. They're fucking plain black Converse and they're (laughs) acting like it's like some sort of limited edition Nike. Um, And Hannah says it was cool of her to uh, stand up to Miss Christie and Mandy's really happy that she's not the only one who thinks she's a bitch. So um, on the way home... They high five. Like they're really... They really found a bonding moment here. Yeah. The teacher's a bitch. (laughs) Cool sneakers. I told you. I'm not the only one who says that. So on the way home, Heather's walking with um, this girl, Gemma, who I just call Keto Girl because she says that she wants to try the keto diet. And her Hannah's basically, or Heather's basically like, there's no carbs in a keto diet. You could never do that. And I'm like, well, what is a carb heavy diet, Heather? Like, do you want to help her with that? <laughs> Maybe you want to give her something else she could try? I don't know. Because basically all she's telling her is like, dieting's impossible for you. (laughs) (laughs) Which probably isn't a bad attitude to tell your high school friend. But also, that's the only mean moment we see from Heather this entire movie where she unhelpfully (laughs) shuts her friend down who's trying to start a new diet. She is such a nice girl. But yeah, this was was the hill she was going to die on, I guess. Yeah. So, um, we find out that Caitlin runs up to her, basically she's followed them home and she's like, yeah, I live right around the street on Granville street. And, um, she buys it and she's like, you know, Caitlin says she went to Arbor Heights. We find out that Heather is not dating Liam. Um, he's a free agent. So basically just a little bit of hype that they lay for us. We see Vicky taking photos of herself on her bed that afternoon and her boyfriend comes in and she makes fun of him for playing poker. And he says that he signed up for a tournament and he could win thousands of dollars. Um, it basically sounds like he's making to look a, like looking to make a career out of gambling. Um, yeah. He, he thinks he's going to get a huge payday out of this and you know, he's still going to look for a job, but you know, it's such a dangerous mindset. Like it's awful. I mean, I can really live on the edge like that. Like I can do things that are misguided. I can like get over invested in things and I absolutely sort of relate to the mentality, but I just couldn't live it. I could never not pay my electric bill and be like, don't worry, I'm going to win it all back on this arbitrary game. Right? No way. Uh, There are just some risks that I am not willing to take. And that is one of them. But I guess he has a perfect partner in Vicky because she's a psychopath who's laying there (laughs) taking selfies and then uploads one that says like, hashtag senior year. (laughs) Hashtag cougar pride or something like that. (laughs) 
So, um, Liam thanks Caitlin, uh, in the lunch line for hooking him up in class the other day. And she's like, you're right. The poem is totally about a stalker. She orders fries and only fries, which I, at certain points in this seems to be like a personality trait of hers that she likes French fries. Um, but they never really follow through with it in a super interesting way. Uh, the girls are trying to come up with an original cheer so that they can stand out at tryouts. And Caitlin's like, I have an idea. And they're like, say it, what is it? And she's like, right now you want me to do the cheer? And they're like, yeah, go for it. So she stands up on her chair to do the cheer, but like before we can see the cheer, they transition seamlessly into the three girls, Mandy, Heather, and Caitlin trying out for the team. And all of them, you know, are they do great. Um, and at the end of the original cheer, the coach comes over and it's like, extra points for you guys for coming up with that. And Caitlin goes, oh, it was all Hannah and Mandy. So she gives them full credit for this and says to them, like, Oh, I'll meet you for a shake in a minute, but I want to talk to coach first. So the girls run off like blown away by how amazing their new friend Caitlin is. Um, and don't even really question the fact that she gave them full credit for something that they didn't do. And not at all. No, like they sort of really let that roll off their backs. And it's almost like, is that what it's like being popular? <laughs> I wouldn't know. Like you just, you just assume that that's like totally fine that someone gave you full credit for something you had nothing to do with. Um, okay. <laughs> but she tells Miss Travis, the coach that she wants to be a cheer captain and her mom was a captain and she wants to know what will give her the edge. And coach says that she admires her motivation and to work on her jump height. And also she will probably get co-captain if not captain. She doesn't understand the point of being in second place. And coach says nothing, nothing's wrong with second place, Caitlin. So that's the first time she's ever heard that in her life. And it doesn't seem to stop yeah, with her. Like not at all. She's neither blown away by the sentiment, nor does she like, totally like blow it off either it's just like as if you said like by the way the sky's blue work on your jumps like that's she blew it off so um the three popular girls caitlin uh heather and mandy pull up to the store to grab some stuff before they get shakes and oh shit it's vicky's old job so she's like, oh, I'm going to stay in the car while you run in. And she's obviously trying to cover her face while she's sitting in the car. But it doesn't work because original Caitlin spots her. And she like sort of knocks on the window. She's like, long time no see. Because like there had been sort of a, a thing between Vicky and Caitlin at, at, jo at the previous, like when they were working together. And Vicky had sort of called Caitlin a loser for dropping out of school to be with her boyfriend, Doug. And she basically was like projecting a bunch of shit on Caitlin. She just kind of can't stand that Caitlin has youth on her side, I think. Absolutely. But she also, I think she sees a lot of like where she went wrong in that because she dropped out of school herself and she, you know, see clearly doesn't have her shit together. And, you know, and like there was a, a line that, when you first see Vicky working in this place, she's saying, you know, don't do that. Don't drop out of school. And the real Caitlin's like, you sound just like my mother. Right. So there's some resentment here. Of course. And she goes, you should come inside and say hi to Lynn. She feels really bad that she had to fire you. 
And she flips on a dime and she's like, well, she should feel bad because she should have fired you, Caitlin. You're going to amount to nothing. And then um, the girls like come out to the car and Caitlin like walks, storms off, like upset because that's a very upsetting thing her friend just said to her. Um, we see Vicky come out of the bedroom into the living room of her apartment and she's wearing some leggings, a cropped hoodie and a mini backpack. And Darren's friend Roy is over. Roy's my favorite character in this movie. (laughs) And Roy's just like, damn, Vicky, you look hot. And Vicky tells Darren that maybe he could use a glow up. And Darren's (laughs) like, whoa, you sound like a kid on MTV. And she goes, she goes, Whoa, you sound so old. MTV is barely a thing anymore. I'm going to go work out. And Roy (laughs) thinks this is hilarious. He's like, that's Roy's only role in this. And I think he's the star of the movie. I am here for Roy. And he's just sitting there laughing. (laughs) Like, he's loving this. He's loving watching this happen. I feel like Roy doesn't know about Darren's gambling. Oh, he definitely doesn't know. He is like his friend from like the last time Darren had his life together and like he checks in with him once in a while but for the most part knows that Darren is a degenerate yeah and that he's lucky to have a hot girlfriend like Vicky right Guys, it's time to thank today's sponsor, Best Fiends. Not just for sponsoring our show, but for having my back while we're staying safer at home. I love puzzle games of all kinds, and I have my whole life, and Best Fiends really does it for me. It's a casual mobile puzzle game that anyone can play, but it's challenging in a really great way. Best Fiends takes up as much of your time as you want to put into it. So right now, I am at level 146 and obviously really enjoying myself over here. Not only does Best Fiends have thousands of levels, but they update their game monthly with new levels and events so it always feels new. It's super colorful and visually stimulating to look at, and you get to collect these cute little characters as you go. You also can get competitive with your friends and share your progress on social media. It's also a really great alternative to scrolling through social media all day, and you can use it without Wi-Fi so you can play it anywhere. As you may or may not know, I adopted a senior cat early on into staying safer at home. He's a 10-year-old little boy, and I've been following the guidelines for introducing cats and dogs, and one of the main things you have to do is keep your cat in a safe space. So for me, that's my downstairs bathroom, which is also the only room in my house that for some reason does not get Wi-Fi. So I'm playing Best Fiends several times a day while I'm having special bonding time with Blue. That's his name. He sleeps on my lap. I engage my brain and I feel like I'm actually doing something on top of spending time with my adorable little kitty. So guys, engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Um, Vicky pulls up, sorry, Caitlin pulls up to the bleachers where Liam is stretching and it's nighttime. So it's like a late night workout. You have to be a pretty dedicated athlete to be out there right then. She says she wants some practice before tryouts. And he's like, well, the bleachers are all yours. I'm on my way home. She's like, oh, that sucks. I really could have used your motivation. And he's like, well, you're obviously really motivated if you're here right now. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is a good point, Liam. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this, like, this is the moment where, like, I realize she's like into him, and yeah. 
I don't know why this was the point where I finally felt that that Caitlin slash Vicky isn't well. I probably should have had that realization about 15 minutes prior in the movie, but I didn't. And this was when I was like, oh, she likes an 18 year old. This is dark. Yeah, I know. And I will say that this movie is helped out a little bit by like the 90210 effect where like clearly these actors are in their late 20s. Like all the high school yes. kids are played by actors who are like 25 plus. So he doesn't like look that much younger than her, but like he's 18 years old. And I think that that is a couple times like Caitlin mentions that she's 18. And I think that they mostly sort of drove that home because it's statutory rape. If she's not. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so Caitlin basically starts fishing and she's like, it sucks that uh, Heather's leg is fucked up and she was off the team last year. And he's like, yeah, it was complicated. She had a, a rough year, but it's not really my place to talk about it. And he says that they're pretty tight. They're old friends. And um, he's like, have a good night. And he turns around to say goodbye. And when he turns, he turns around, sorry, and like to leave. And then he turns back to like get another look at her. And she's like bent over, like fully displaying her ass like an animal in heat. Like in the air. She is like putting it all out there. And she like turns around to him like a fucking creep while she's bent over and like shoots him this sly smile, which is like so disgusting hey. when you consider the fact that she's 12 years <laughs> older than this kid. And like this kid's brain, he doesn't even have a frontal lobe yet. And she is right. Oof. Um, so Coach Travis tells everyone after tryouts that they showed skill, discipline, and determination. And she reads off the team, and sure enough, Caitlin gets co-captain and Mandy gets captain. So, or Maddie, what is it, Maddie or Mandy? I think it's Maddie. Okay, because even the, I know I'm not wrong when even the um, captions can't get it straight. Yeah. Y yes. <laughs> So this is like the second and only like last nod to Vicky liking fries is um, back at home in her apartment. She's filling up a deep fryer with some oil and she goes to put the fries, like the basket of fries into the deep fryer. And Darren comes walking in behind her and he slips on some of the oil that she spilled while she was getting the fryer ready. And um, for some reason, like she has a flash in her brain as he hits the floor and it's like second is just the first loser. And she like hears her mom saying that. And then this gives her an idea. She's going to go to school and drench the top bleacher in oil. Dark. <laughs> like the way that they played this out, like there was no way that that oil spilled on the floor. Thank you. Because like I rewound that and I was like, when did she spill that on the floor? Like there was no way. There was no and way. You like saw her thank put the you. on it and like yeah. put it down on the counter. And like there was no just in terms of like the direction, like maybe it was like the cameras, maybe it was the direction. I don't know what, but like when did she spill all this oil on the floor and not notice? Right. Um, and, and then she has like, it's like a small, I mean, what, like maybe a 12 ounce bottle of oil, maybe 16 ounces, you know, just like a small bottle of oil you'd have in your pantry. Right. Mm -hmm. But when she goes out to the bleachers, she's got like a giant ass bottle of oil. She has a Costco size. Like, like did she stop somewhere and buy that? Because that would have been stupid. 
I digress, but this took a turn. She needs to learn how to lay low. She's not the best criminal. I'll say that. (laughs) So at practice, she tells the girls that she has some no-fat, high-performance protein bars in her bag, and her bag is at the top bleacher. So her friend goes running to the top of the bleachers, um, and she asks to see the routine. And she makes Mandy do it twice um, until she eventually falls back, and she breaks her. I mean, it looks like she should have broken her spine based on how far she fell, but for some reason she just fractured her ankle. So now Caitlin is the captain of the team. Um, She tells Hannah that she doesn't feel right about this given the circumstances, but she says coach is right and they need a captain. So she's playing all this very like coy. She goes over the top to sort of like cover her ass by being like, by hand wringing a little bit about it and being like, I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't be the captain. And it's like, you nearly killed someone to get this spot. Like, just own it. Like, you know, pretend that you're the soldier that's going to like take this on and not complain. But it's almost (laughs) that like, it really is very high school, how she's sort of fishing for compliments after getting something by default. Yes. And then like right after Heather walks away, she has her pom-poms in her hand. She's like, yes, (laughs) like everyone can still see you. Yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't move at all. Um, So Liam is going to be having a party that weekend. um, And basically his parents are going to be out of town. So he's going to have some people over and Craig starts to, you know, blast this information around the halls and invites Caitlin and Liam's basically like, shut up. We have to keep this contained. And the girls talk about whose house they're going to get ready at before the party. And Caitlin can't host because her mom is having a charity thing in her house. Slash, she's a 30-year-old woman. (laughs) Who lives in an apartment. (laughs) And Heather offers to have it at her place because her parents will be gone for their anniversary date. So, and like, I get like getting together with your girls beforehand, but I'm sort of like, if you aren't drinking, like what's the point of you guys all putting makeup on together to basically go to a kickback at your best friend Liam's house. Right. This episode is sponsored by book of the month. I've been subscribed to book of the month for three months now, and I'm obsessed. If you're a big reader or maybe even a lapsed big reader, who's been wanting to get back into it regularly, consider checking it out. Book of the Month, they read like hundreds of books every month from new and emerging authors, and they whittled on the list to just the very best. They provide you a diverse little selection of hardcover fiction to pick from, which is an element of it that I really love. I can find going into the bookstore to be super overwhelming, and when I know I have about a dozen really solid options to choose from, it makes the decision way easier. Plus, it's cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and there's a loyalty program with rewards and even lower prices if you choose to stick around. There's an app where you can pick your upcoming books and track the progress of your reading, and there are challenges on there with rewards. Your book arrives in a super aesthetically pleasing box, by the way. That's the kind of touch that I always really appreciate. Personally, I read at my own pace. Sometimes I can only get to one of my two books a month, and I keep the ones I haven't read yet on my windowsill right next to my bed so I can just see them all there. It inspires me to pick one up and read. It's nice to have options in front of you. If you're interested in trying it out, you can get your first book for $5 with code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. That's code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working 
eating or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Maybe I just don't bond the same way as others, but um, Liam offers to walk Heather to class and Caitlin is alone with the girl who wanted to go keto and says that she heard Heather had a hard time last year and keto girl lets it all spill. She's basically like, don't tell anyone, but her sister went off the rails in college and had to go to rehab, messed up the family for a bit. Everyone thought she and Liam would get together because he was there for her, but never say never. So basically like these two are on a constant misconnection sort of journey. Um, Darren asks Vicky where she's going that night. He says that she looks so hot. He doesn't want to let her go anywhere, but she's like, I'm going out with some friends from work. Um, as if like you go out with your friends from like the fucking dollar store. (laughs) Right. Looking like that. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe that's just me being a bitch, but I'm just sort of like in a job like that. Typically, you have nothing in common but your job or like that you're all like broke college students or whatever. But it is, it's very rare that you have like a group of peers at your local warehouse store that you work at. So at Heather's house, Caitlin tells them that she's going to use the restroom, but instead decides to break into the liquor cabinet, which is locked. And she takes several gulps of vodka. And when she comes back, she says to the girls, who's ready to party? So like this doing something bad, like lights her up. Yes, she is ready to rock. So um, Liam's house party is more of a party than you would think because there's like mood lighting and loud music. Heather's parents come home and they say that the fish that they had for dinner was good, but it wasn't as good as the fish at Carl's. Um, When they get to the kitchen, they see that the liquor cabinet was left open and they are horrified. So Heather gets a cell phone call from her mom. She's basically like, come home right now. And Caitlin's like, where are you going? And she's like, listen, just I got to go. But if you see Liam, tell him that I'll call him later. So Heather just like she just is like no questions asked. I'm on my way. Don't like I'll be there in a few minutes. Because like one, she's not she's not guilty of anything. So she probably assumes there's something wrong with her sister. And two, she's just a good kid. Yeah, exactly. She's just a sweetheart. And like I kind of really appreciated the way that they did the storytelling here, where it just like got it got Heather in and out. Like it wasn't like a drawn out process where like certain things had to happen. Like we went from the parties, like a moment of the party scene to the parents coming home to Heather getting called and then she's out. And I loved that. Yeah. They got right to it. So, um, 
Caitlin's like, what's up? And Heather's like, I gotta go. So we said that. Okay. So then Caitlin walks up to Liam and basically says like the pictures around his house are so cute. And she can imagine his parents are so proud of him, which is nothing that teenagers say to each other. No, like what? Absolutely not. That is something that like, maybe the lady your uncle is dating says to you. They're understandably proud is what she says. And I'm like, ooh, that is not something an 18-year-old says to another 18-year-old. But then again, it's really smart that they keep dropping that they're 18 because this whole scene, I kept thinking like she should be in jail. Oh, yeah, it's nuts. So Caitlin tells him that Heather just left. She must not have been into it. And this song comes on that she likes and she's like, come dance with me. So we've all been to a house party, right? And we've all been to like a high school house party. Like how weird is it to start dancing in the middle of the room? And she's the way that they were dancing too. She's she's giving him a standing lap dance. Like they're standing there and she's just like got her hands all over him and she's putting his hands all over her and everyone's watching this whole thing. And then we cut to see Heather at home with her parents confronting her about the open liquor cabinet and why the vodka is missing. And they, don't believe her and they take deep offense to the fact that she would even like fuck around with liquor um then we go back to the party and the keto girl is asking caitlin if she needs a ride asking if caitlin needs a ride and she sounds like disgusted when she's saying caitlin she's like ugh, like where's caitlin does she need a ride and liam's like i think she left um and as soon as the keto girl leaves caitlin comes out of the bathroom and is like shoot did Gemma leave And it's like, dude, you just like, there's no, the door, like a bathroom door isn't that thick. You literally just heard her ask if you need a ride at least wait 10 seconds. I know it's like a movie, so we got to keep it going. But like, it was, it was comically quick how quickly she came out of there. Yes. Just out like, yeah, everybody's already gone. She comes as soon as somebody leaves. She's like, oh, hi, I'm here. I'm still here. Were you going to say something about Heather's parents confronting her? I was. And I, I felt like it was really weird that that cabinet was open the way it was just hanging out like the way that it was with the lock hanging out on the handle. And Heather didn't notice that when they left the house earlier, like maybe it should have been a little more, you know, not so, in your face open. I don't know. It just, well, Heather's bedroom is right next to the front door. Yeah. So they probably layout was confusing. The house layout was super confusing. Like when would you ever put a teenager's bedroom directly next to a front door? Right. In the way that the, you know, I'm, if you're listening and your door was, it doesn't, I'm not, I'm saying in this house, it literally is probably the last room you would put a teenager in. That would normally be like a study or something. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so then we go, well, here's the other thing too with the liquor cabinet. It was sort of in like one of those like vanity cabinets where you would put like fancy dishes or something normally. Um, yes. And if you had like a serious addict daughter, you would probably not put it in like behind glass, the alcohol behind like something that can be broken. And two, the key was like, findable to a stranger let alone like someone who lives there and sort of knows where their parents like stow little things like that should be on your fucking keychain sir it was literally the third place she looked 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like in a little dish probably filled with like change and a key. So yes. Um, at, at, uh, Liam's house, Caitlin is like, you know, says to him like, why don't you relax? And she starts to give him a shoulder massage and he's like, you don't need to do this. And she's like, no, you deserve it. You're the captain of the football team. I'm the captain of the cheerleading team. We're basically living the high school dream. Um, <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I know. And Heather tosses and turns at night in her bed. By the lighting outside, it looks like it's close to dawn. And she calls Liam, but his phone is being covered by Caitlin's shirt, which she has just whipped off. And she's straddling him topless on the couch. So, I mean, that's pretty fast for high school. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I was so darked out by it because I'm like, I could not get over the fact that she was 31 and this kid is 18. I think she's only 30, babe. Oh, well, still 30. 30 and he's 18. That's a wild ass, like, distance between ages. (laughs) Also, at the same time, I feel like whether he was into her or not, if you were to take an 18 year old boy and like put a a naked lady on top of him, he would probably figure it out. You know what I mean? Like you'd probably be like, okay, I'm in. Um, so Vicky comes home drunk and Darren doesn't believe her. He's like, what's going on with you? By the way, the electric bill came in and I made a few bucks that I can kick in. And he's like, what's going on with you? What's wrong with you? Your mom was right, you know? And and she's like, no, my mom was right about you. You're dead weight. And Darren's like, are you seriously like thinking that you are some kind of catch, like some sort of trophy? And she's like, my mom co-signed the lease and she never agreed to let you live here. So I'm pretty sure she could have the cops kick you out. And he's like, you know what? You're a cold hearted bitch, just like your mom. And she's like, leave your keys. I'll drop your stuff off outside the door. And she heads to bed. It's like, he Um, sucks, but she's awful. And I wrote down, I was like, she better at least get that laptop. Dude, they're like Tom and Katie. Like, yes. Like literally like she's just like you're a loser and he's like well you no one would want you and it's like oh my god I like knew that you guys were like kind of like losers but I didn't realize it was that bad right (laughs) you're so cruel to each other um so he's out of there and she's redoing her place to look like the teen wonderland oh my that now is. She hangs up a poster that says teenage dream. The guy sort of looks like a, a Chris Hemsworth, like Chris Evans, sort of like attractive brunette guy with a scruffy face, sort of superhero type thing. Um, I died. I know. When that poster went has, on the wall. Like, <laughs> little like aesthetic pillows with like little quotes on them. And she sends Liam a picture of her. She's like in a ringer t-shirt with her hair and a loose side ponytail with a scrunchie. And she sends him a picture of like her with her shirt pulled up to expose her stomach. And instead of getting back to her right away, he looks at his call log. He has only one name (laughs) on his entire call log and it's two missed calls from Heather. So thank you. Thrown away. So, like, I saw that and I'm like, who only has one missed call? And honestly, this prompted me to clear my call log. <laughs> I didn't I, even I know like, you could do that. Yeah, I went and I was like, you know what? I don't need to have a list of everybody who's called me in the last three months. Delete. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's a real zero inbox type of bitch. I mean, maybe he doesn't really talk to anybody but Heather because they have such an intense connection. You know what I mean? Like, they are BFFs. Yeah, or maybe it's a new phone. 
Maybe. You know, the possibilities are endless. So, Caitlin thanks Heather for being so cool to her despite the fact that she's a new girl. And then she bounces away from her and goes over to Liam and gives him a kiss. And Heather sees this and is obviously realizing that things are intensifying in a way that she didn't expect. Like, it's that moment that you have where you realize that you should not have been so giving to someone because, like they're not only going to like take advantage of it, but they're going to move right in. Like they're going to yeah. make themselves more than comfortable. Um, yeah. And she was probably thinking like, I should have said something or made a move sooner. And now she probably feels like she can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she also like didn't think of Caitlin as a threat. No. And she's, but she was also too, too concerned with being the cool girl friend and it definitely isn't working in her favor at this point. Definitely not now. No. And also it's like, you always want what you can't have. Like Mm -hmm. Liam wasn't going anywhere and was completely dedicated to her. And then all of a sudden this happens and it's like, Oh fuck. I I really fumbled that. So Maddie is back at school and she's wearing her boot and she's like, it kind of gives me a swagger, huh? Like I love her little, (laughs) I love that she has an attitude about her, her walking cast. Yes. And, um, that's like when you know, you have confidence when you're like, isn't my cast like kind of (laughs) sick. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Heather tells Maddie that Liam and Caitlin are dating and Maddie thinks it's sus as fuck. Um, like the team captain and girlfriend, she's really moved in. Basically Maddie's saying, well, we're all thinking. Um, and she's like, Maddie, just don't make this a big deal no matter what. So Caitlin leads cheer practice and Maddie doesn't like Maddie effortlessly does not live up to that promise. So Caitlin leads cheer practice and they get like one move in. She's like one, two, three, four. And like Maddie yells over everyone, keep your heads up. And Caitlin dismisses them for the day. Like like they, they did like one exercise and she's like, okay, and that's a wrap on today. We're done. She comes over and Maddie's like, you know, it's not cool of you to be hooking up with Liam. Everyone knows that he and Heather have something going on. And Caitlin says, if that's true, then why did he make the move? So Caitlin tells Heather that she thinks Maddie is upset with her um, for taking her spot on the team. And Heather's like, well, what made you think that? And then she goes, nothing. It's just that, are you upset about Liam and I? Because you said that he didn't have a girlfriend, which is such a, a wild conversation pivot. Like... Yeah, she starts off by saying Maddie's upset about the team, and then is just like, "But while I can't prove anything, here, let me fucking put you in an awkward position too, Heather." Right. Um, Heather says that Liam and her are just friends, and that he can date whoever he wants. And Caitlin says, "Good, because I really like him, and based on the other night, he really likes me too." Ouch! Just like gross to think about. Like I would be so bummed if I was Heather, mostly because I'd be like, "Ew!" Like, <laughs> right. So Heather looks down at Caitlin's phone um, and it has a new notification. It's a text from Darren that just says, babe, we got to talk. Yeah. So she's already like, who the hell's Darren? What's going on? Something, something doesn't smell right here. Yeah. But they're not, they're not that deep into looking into what doesn't smell right yet. No, but like also like, it's pretty shocking. Like when someone tells you they're dating, like your new, like your, your friends that you've cared about for a really long time. And then right away they have a text from someone calling them babe. 
Like for yeah. a high school, it's got to be pretty shocking. So when Heather gets home, Liam is waiting for her on the steps and he wants to say sorry for not telling her sooner about Caitlin. It just happened and he wasn't sure what it meant. And she's like, I get it. You know, it's just that, you know, you really don't know her and I don't know her either. Who were her friends? What about an ex-boyfriend? She says that she saw her get a text from a guy calling her babe and that they need to talk. And he goes, so it's probably an ex-boyfriend. And she goes, that's my point, Liam. You don't know. Look, I just promise you won't fall too hard too fast. So, um, (laughs) right. So, um, Heather's mom's like, hi, sweetie. When she walks in and she just like zooms past her and sits on her bed and she's obviously in a lot of pain. Um, Vicky texts with her friends that night at, when she's with dinner at dinner with her mom and her mom thinks she's being rude at the table and yanks her phone away, which is interesting. Cause like you would think her mom would be thrilled that she has something going on in her life. And also her mom was pretty quick to take a phone call at dinner last time we saw them together. Yeah. And the fact that like, she's 30 and you're taking her phone away from her at dinner, like fuck off. There's a couple weird things during this meal. And um, the next thing she's like, you know, mom, I got a new boyfriend. And she's like, well, what does he do? And she goes, he's an athlete and he's from a really good family. Uh, She's like, and night school is going really well too. And her mom's like, I'll believe it when I see it. So when she says he's an athlete, like what does her mom think she means by that? Right. Like what kind of athlete in your thirties? I don't know. Like, does she he's think an he's dating like an NHL player or something? Like, who does I she just think feel he- like that opens up a lot of room for questions. What kind of athlete? What sport does he play? Is he a professional? Is this like a league situation? What does he do for a living? Right, right. Oh, totally. Which she doesn't ask any of that. No, not at all. Um, and so she goes, so listen, I'm going out of town next week and I need you to keep an eye on the place. Just stop by a couple times over the week. I'm going to leave a key in the mailbox for you. And remember, my house is not a hotel for you and your boyfriend. And Vicky takes a huge sip of a big glass of wine she just poured herself. And she's like, of course. And her mom almost looks like pleased when she's drinking her wine. Like she's looking at her like, I've taught you well. Like her mom, the most happy her mom looks with her like the entire movie is when she's guzzling wine at the dinner table. (laughs) Yes. I don't understand it, but Vicky and Liam make out at school or Caitlin and Liam. Um, they're hooking up on the bleachers at night and he goes, can we go to your mom's place? And she's like, she's cool about some things, but not about others. Besides, I've always wanted to do it in the stands. And these aren't like some big Friday night light stands. These are like collapsible bleachers that you'd maybe see at like a little league game. There's like five rows. Right. <laughs> like they're maybe 12 feet long. Like it's, it's nothing that you could hide on or whatever. So things are getting hot and heavy. And he goes, did you bring something? And she says, yeah. So she goes to reach for a condom and the bag falls over and her ID comes out and he looks at it and he's like, what's this? And he's like, Vicky Patterson. And she's like, it's my fake. I didn't want to put my real name on it. And he asked her if she had any exes from Armor Heights that he should know about. And she's like, no, nothing at all. So she gets home uh, to her apartment that night. She's getting ready for bed and she sees a hickey on her neck and she's like, ooh, like, you know, feeling. She's impressed with herself. (laughs) 
And then to contrast that, she sees a gray hair, um, which is just, it's so (laughs) crazy to think like this woman with like gray, like with the gray hair is like not, it's, it's not that like, listen, my cousin Elizabeth started to go gray when she was 10. Okay. You can have gray hair at a young age. It's just sort of that they chose to juxtapose like the hickey with the gray hair and her bangs was like kind of iconic. The way that she looks at herself in the mirror too is like they're gonna know <laughs> one single gray hair. They're gonna know. I gotta get it out now. She's so embarrassed. What if Liam saw it when they were hooking I up? Know. Um, it could have glistened in the moonlight. She doesn't know. <laughs> so, like, as she like rips the hair out, like it, she briefly flashes back to like her high school image in the mirror, and then she pulls back a little bit. And someone's banging on the front door. It's Darren. So she opens the door with the chain lock still attached. And he wants to know why she's treating him like a stalker. And uh, he says that he's bust. He doesn't know what's going on with her. So like bust basically meaning like he's, he lost all of his money. And he doesn't know what's going on with her. But this is, you know, it's him. He, he hasn't done anything to her. He knows he hasn't tried too hard to get a job, but he is now. He just needs something to tie him over. And she slams the door shut and he bangs on it. Um, and then he gives up and he starts to leave the building, but then he decides to stop by the mailbox to see if anything has come for him. And he spots a letter from the high school addressed to, I guess, Caitlin. See, and I saw like an unemployment check. Oh, maybe that's it. I was thinking that he was checking to see like if she had gotten birthday money or something. Uh, Cause I think I saw an un- like unemployment services. And it was to like actual, like it was to Vicky. But okay, that's, so that's exactly that- what I thought too, was there was going to be something to a Caitlin Sparks from Glendale high school. Yeah, you're right. It was probably the unemployment. I didn't, I missed that text too. Cause if it, it didn't, I don't, I don't know. I didn't see it, but, um, so he knows she's not working at the store. I don't know what makes him decide to either follow her or figure out that she's going to high school, but he's just randomly parked outside of the high school trying to catch her in the act. And the popular kids are hanging out outside and Darren watches her stroll over to them. And she proposes that they have a party at her house that weekend because her mom is going out of town and she tells Heather that they should go practice their lifts. And she gives Liam a kiss, a kiss on the lips before they walk off. And Liam and Heather sort of make eye contact for a beat before they part ways. Like, neither of them are, like, fully comfortable with him being with someone else. Like, yeah, he's almost looking to her for permission, and she can't give it to him. Yeah. So the girls are cheering while um, when Darren walks onto the field and Caitlin almost drops Heather from a lift because um, Heather's like, are you sure you got me, Caitlin? Are you sure? And Caitlin's like, yeah, for sure. I got you. She's like, don't drop me. Okay, Caitlin. And like Darren comes strolling onto the field and the first thing she does is drop her. Yeah. And, um, Darren says that whatever like weird fantasy she's playing is going to blow up unless he, um, she helps him. And she's like, all right, you're right. Come by tonight. So Heather's like, who the fuck was that? And she's like, it's just my brother. He's kind of weird, but don't worry. He lives with my dad. And I'm like, why would she, like, why would she be worried? Like, right. I guess maybe don't worry. In, he lives with my dad. Like maybe in relation to her not wanting to come to the party or something, but I'm sort of like, all right, I guess like, why would she be? I don't know if worried would be the right word. Um, 
But Darren gets to her place that night, Vicky's apartment, and he says, um, "Oh, like she, I guess she's cooked him steak for dinner, and he wants to know if that's supposed to fix the fact that she was sucking face with some high school kid. <laughs> right? And the way that she, like, watching her try to explain this to him is so cringy. Right? But then he's just, like, all of a sudden fine with it? Well, because, like, he needs her. He needs yeah. he needs something from her. He needs, like, I mean, this is the thing. He's a user. So yeah. it's important to keep that in the context of, like, he's going to want to make it work because she's got what he needs, which is, like, shelter and some cash that he can, like, take on the side from her mom. He's basically yeah. a grifter. Yeah, absolutely is. And the way that she sort of explains to him, she's like, listen, she's like, I'm getting a chance to do it over again, okay? This is where all the good stuff starts. I'm the captain of the cheer team. And next thing, I'll be the head of my sorority. And he's like, Jesus, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, this is commitment. Imagine like, you're, the- like, living with someone and you guys are in a serious relationship and then all of a sudden she totally changes out of nowhere and you come back, like, two weeks later after losing everything you have and she's like, I'm the captain of the cheer team, okay? <laughs> like, it's fine. That goes to show, like, how much of a user he is because he entertained it. Like, he was like, you know, that's your mom's crap messing with your head. We're good, babe. I mean, we're all, we are good. And now I need you to forget this high school crap or I'm going to go down there and tell them that they let a 30-year-old back into high school. <laughs> and we, like, watch her brain glitch and she's like, you're right. It was stupid. I mean, who am I kidding? It's not like it's going to change anything. And she apologizes to him and they kiss. And he asks her if the steak are medium rare, like he likes them. And she nods, yes. And he sits down and he tells her after dinner, she can put on that cheer outfit and they can play high school. <laughs> um, and as he's sort of like working Fucking himself snake. up. I know. He's like working himself up about the idea. He's already gotten back in in every way possible. She beats him over the head with the cast iron skillet and she goes my mother always said i lacked ambition that was the old thing i'm caitlin now and caitlin makes mommy proud (laughs) look did not anticipate murder at all (laughs) i was honestly like i was pleasantly surprised at that little bit of a twist I did not. I knew that she would have a meltdown, but I did not anticipate her bludgeoning him with a cast iron skillet in her kitchen in an apartment. I mean, how else could they heighten it? You know, true. Like someone's got to die in his lifetime. (laughs) Somebody has to die. Someone's got to go. I mean, this is only the, you know, second act. So Heather calls Liam and he's reviewing some plays and she asks him if he and Caitlin are good. Did she ever mention her brother to him? And um, he's, she's like, this guy just showed up to practice and he was obviously pissed about something. And Liam's like, you should understand family can be off putting, which is kind of a low blow. <laughs> right. Like her sister went Yikes. to college and got into problems with drugs and alcohol. Like that's not the same thing as like this strange man, like wandering onto the cheerleading field and like upsetting his teenage sister. Right. Um, they live sort of in different universes. Cause especially like Darren looks like 34. Y- yes. Which is incredibly old to a high school student like 25 was old and like decrepit to me when I was 
18, let alone. Yes. So Heather tells Liam that the night of the party, she had to go home because her parents think that she got into the liquor cabinet and she hasn't told him because things have changed a lot. She thought that they knew her better than that. And he said that they probably didn't expect her sister to wind up in rehab. And she's like, that's true. Things change. Things happen sometimes that aren't really what anyone would expect. Not even ourselves, which is crazy because that means no one ever really knows anyone. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as she's saying this, we see Vicky dragging Darren's body into the woods uh, and throwing him into a shallow grave. The captions read grunting with effort as she <laughs> she pushed his body into the grave. I took a screen cap of it because I just was like, yeah, I mean, that kind of I have makes me I have logistics questions. Yeah. How did she, this tiny woman, Mm -hmm. get this body out of an apartment without anybody seeing? Did she, like, drop it off the balcony? But that would be kind of loud because they clearly don't live on the first floor. I think that the messaging with Vicky is that if there's a will, there's a way. (laughs) Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of feel like the reason why they didn't show us is because most of us are probably like, yeah, I believe Vicky would do that. Like, I believe that she somehow managed to lift 200 pounds of man down the stairs and like put him into a car, dead weight, like dig a shallow grave in the middle of the woods. Like, that's another, by the way, another sort of sign that this is probably like Washington or something. Yeah. That they have woods like that. Where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, if only that had applied <laughs> to her life before she decided to steal someone's identity. I, and go back to high school as a 30-year-old. <laughs> right? So um, she puts family photos aside um, when she's getting ready for the party at her mom's house that night, including one in front of Carl's Crab Shack, um, which you may remember Carl's from... Heather's parents coming home and saying that they liked the fish, but it wasn't as good as the fish at Carl's. So there's seemingly unlimited liquor at this party. And Maddie had told Craig to blast the party out on social media. Like that's her idea of a fun little revenge is that like half the town is at this party. Um, and he basically like, he's like, I can't believe like you're okay with this many people coming over. Uh, Craig tells Caitlin that Liam's staying the night at his place tonight. Wink, wink. So that Liam can get away with staying at Caitlin's for the night. Um, Heather's like, I got to go to the bathroom. So she goes looking for the toilet, but, um, she can't find it anywhere. It seems to be like that large of a house where she's just like wandering forever and can't find a bathroom. She finally does find like an ensuite bathroom where like the toilet is like behind its own door and two kids come falling out and she's like, God, get out of here. Like I got to use the restroom. But before she goes in there, she sees this picture and she picks it up and she's sort of having a moment with it. And then Heather comes out of nowhere and she's like, what are you doing in here? And Heather holds the picture behind her back, which is always just so much more suspicious. And she's like, sorry, I was just looking for a place to use the restroom. And she's like, well, my mom's room is off limits. Okay. And then she like leaves her alone in there. So I wonder, do you think that Caitlin put the photo of her in front of Carl's because she didn't want anyone to see she was a child nerd or did she do that because everyone knows this fish and chips restaurant is closed? I feel like 
the first. Right? Yeah, absolutely the first. Because if she was thinking about it, this place has obviously been closed for damn near a decade. And she I mean, that fish must have been great. If like a I decade know. later, there's the couple is still missing it. They're like, fuck, well, what's an anniversary without Carl's? And it's right. Like, you guys got to move on. You've made it through another decade of marriage. And it's fish and chips. It's not like the best halibut you've ever had. It's like. Yeah. Halibut is fish and chips. Well. I guess it's cod it, or scrot or halibut. Wow, I guess so. I don't know. I was thinking about a halibut that I had when I was in uh, in the Northeast in the in the fall. It was delicious. Yeah, I love halibut. That's like I grew up. I I don't like scrod. Well, scrod is fine. I don't eat cod though. Okay. Um, okay. So the party is empty that night. Liam stayed behind to help clean up, um, and she says it would be great if they could go to the same school and get an off-campus apartment together. And he's like, Like, are you also planning on getting a basketball scholarship in Atlanta? (laughs) (laughs) And I love that because he's like, hold on, what? Yeah. Slow the fuck down. (laughs) Yeah. He was like not expecting that at all. And she's like, he's like, so you like don't have a school that you're like, you're into, like, you're not looking at schools for yourself. And she's like, of course, I'm looking for one with a sorority and one with you. (laughs) Which like. Girl, put some more thought into your backstory. Come on. It also just she like, could sort have of pulled shows, this off. It's like she almost is so afraid of, like, has spent her life so afraid of realizing what she missed out on that she didn't, has never done any research because, like, seeing a school with a sorority is like seeing, like, a school with a gym. Like, <laughs> just like yes. most schools have them. Exactly. Not like, every school, but like, especially in the South, like probably any school you're going to go to is going to have a sorority of, in some capacity. She's wild. She's wild. The fact that she just thinks she can fly by the seat of her pants here when she very clearly, if she would have laid low, made a backstory, she could have gotten away with a lot of this. Nobody was questioning anything. Right. And I guess like my other thing too is like she really thinks she's going to college. <laughs> no. Is she applying? Is, I mean, I, mean, I like, don't know. Like is she planning on using Caitlin the dropouts grades or is she thinking that she can like carry on with like pretending to go to school but like somehow managing to be in a sorority in Atlanta? Like I feel like going to a different state is either better or worse for her plan. I'm not really sure. (laughs) She's not thinking clearly. I think we can agree on that. So her mom comes home and she's like, you got to go like Liam, run, run. And her mom can't believe this party has happened. Her mom's like, basically like, this is how you plan on making me proud of you by having a party with your loser friends from the outlet store. And she's like, my friends aren't losers. And her mom's like, of course they are. You haven't changed at all. And Vicky starts to get tense, like she's going to switch over, but she doesn't fully switch over. She just like, her mom's like, clean up this mess. And she turns around and Vicky like hurls a beer bottle like right past her head and it smashes on like the stone fireplace right in front of her. And her mom turns around 
And she's like, you want me to change? I am number one now. I'm not the disappointment you always thought I was. Do you understand? Do you understand? And then she like smashes another bottle. And her mom's like, I I do. And she's like, good, because I'm your daughter, not an associate of yours, your daughter. And I always will be. And she leans in and her mom like sort of shudders as if she's like, she flinches, like as if her daughter is going to beat her ass. Because by the way, like none of this behavior leading up to this implies anything, but she's going to get beaten. (laughs) And and she gives her mom a kiss on the cheek and like skips off to like go clean up the the nachos and vomit that's probably all over her mom's beautiful home like her mom had every every right to act like she was terrified because i would have been terrified but did you think the entire time this was happening that liam was around the corner listening in yeah. i was hoping he was still like he was there listening and we were going to cut to him getting like what is going on big box store <laughs> but no right and also, if, like, Caitlin slash Vicky's mom was half the bitch I thought she was, like, she would absolutely have, like, called the cops or threatened to, like, sue her daughter or get her in some sort of trouble. Like, yeah, or at least drop, like, you're, you're in your 30s and you're a loser. Like, I figured something like that was going to come out. No, I mean, like, it, it's weird because I wish that they had almost gone with, like, the idea of her mom being, like, happy that she had a party. But it was so, like, you know, like, oh, good, my daughter's, like, finally getting a fucking life. But it, yeah, they just chose this sort of, like, she's meaner on a Wednesday than she is upon returning home from vacation to find her house trashed. Right. <laughs> It's just like just an odd character decision. So Heather's mom comes into her room to check on her and see how senior year is. And she's basically like, you've seemed out of sorts lately, not even just the thing with you potentially stealing my alcohol. And Heather's like, do you believe me now? And she's like, I want to, but it's hard ever after everything that's happened with your sister. And Heather's like, I get it, you know. Uh, and then she changes gears and asks her mom when Carl's fish and chips closed. <laughs> Like a wild ass question for the topic at hand. Right. And um, her mom's like, God, I don't know. It's like probably 10 years ago. Why? Um, And so then we cut to Heather looking it up on her computer and we see that the last basket was served um, about 10 years ago. (laughs) So well, she's also using spider finder, which I really (laughs) enjoyed. S P Y D E R spider Spider finder. Finder. So, Travis tells the girls um, in two weeks, they'll have their first pep rally and then their first game, Coach Travis. So as always, the girls will pick a name from a hat and whoever they choose will be their personal like assignment, essentially. So each cheerleader will have an athlete they have to build up. And Caitlin thinks that they should, you know, do it less random. It's so old school. They're not 1950s housewives. I don't like understand that argument just because I feel like if anything, it's more sort of PC to like make it randomized and not just be like, okay, popular with popular. Like, and also I'm unaware of like any sort of tradition in the 1950s where you just had to pick your husband's name out of a hat. Um, (laughs) But Travis says that sometimes super uh, tradition supersedes political correctness and Heather got Liam and Caitlin, um, Heather got Liam and Caitlin got Craig and she asked Heather to trade with her. But Heather's like, I mean, I'm just going to hang on to Liam. This is just for fun. 
So this like, is like some I'm of the- so proud of Heather for finding her balls in that moment. <laughs> me too. I like needed that from her, especially yeah. because like me personally, I would cower like in the face of finding out that my classmate (laughs) was like such a deep pathological liar that they were, you know, in front of a closed chip, like fish and chips place like 10 years prior. And like, they had this weird older brother and things aren't adding up and not making sense. Like I would, that's the last person that I would stand up to. I'd be like, I'll stand up to you when you're in jail. Um, but Liam sees, this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. So Liam Me sees Heather too. decorating his locker and she basically is like lining his locker with like photos of some of his favorite athletes. And he's so excited that she's his cheer buddy. And she tells him about the photo she saw of Caitlin in front of the restaurant that her parents used to go to. It closed 10 years ago and she looked at least 15 or older in the photo. She's kind of freaking out about it. And Caitlin approaches them in the hall and they change the subject and they're being very weird. It's obvious that something just happened between them. And once Heather skips off, Liam is alone with her and she's like, what's all, what's that about? And he was like, eh, whatever, it's, it's nothing. So she sees a picture of Shaq on his locker and goes, ah, Shaq, <laughs> he's awesome. I saw the funniest Mimi of him the other day. <laughs> I love that so much. She is busted. It's also like what 30-year-old doesn't know the word meme? Thank you. Thank you. And now, so I had a friend of mine. This was, God, it was a a long time ago. um, Maybe like eight or nine years ago. seven, Seven, eight, nine years ago. We... It was my first job outside of college. And she would always call them memes just to be like stupid. Like she just would make fun of it. Right. And I do that now to like be stupid. Right. (laughs) You're like, Oh, what's that? A Mimi? Like, you know, you joke about it, but like, come on, everybody knows it's a meme at this point. It's a meme. You have to know that. And I remember, Oh my God, being in a meeting, Nicole, like not that long ago. And like, I was saying, I was like, Oh, it's sort of like Mimi. And and the guy was like, well, a meme. And like, he like overcompensated and pronounced it as if I, and I was like, no, like meme-ish, like meme adjacent, like reminiscent yeah. of a meme, like meme yeah. Like, like meme Yeah. Not, not like I saw a meme today. No. Oh my God. <laughs> great shock meme um, So he goes, you see, he looks so disgusting disgusted yes fucking he he looks like she just shat her pants in front of him and like he's trying to play off that like she just shat her pants but like meanwhile he's catching a whiff of it like he's like you say it like my parents yeah it's meme (laughs) it was so delightful for her to be busted like that and she just tries to play it off it, like he walks away from her like she just said like a racial slur or something and like his entire her entire image is like tarnished forever in his eyes like he really like is affected deeply by this like finally he's questioning things <laughs> So Caitlin meets up with Heather on the street and apologizes for the whole Liam thing and says that she's sorry if she got weird um, in terms of the pep party or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Cheer buddies. What's it called? Cheer buddy. Yeah, I think so. So she, um, I almost called it pep brothers and I realized that that was wrong. Okay. So (laughs) 
She tells her mom that no worries. And by the way, Maddie's birthday is coming up and she's invited. She's like, oh, cool. And she goes, when's your birthday, by the way? And she's like, June 6th. And she goes, oh, we're both Geminis. Uh, What year? And she goes, same as yours. So, um, which is, yeah, totally normal. Um, Absolutely not a sign that someone's lying. And, Why um, couldn't she just have that in her in her bag, like in the back pocket? Know what year you're born if you're playing a different year. Like, basically, yeah, do your basic research. Like, if I were to be 18, where would I land on, on right? the scale? So, um, Heather says, you know, I think we're going to go to dinner that night. Too bad Carl's is closed. I think I was eight the last time I went there. What about uh-huh. you, Caitlin? When was the last time you went there? And she was like, I don't remember. Can you imagine being like, oh, God, I, I wish for Maddie's birthday, if we could do one thing, it's go to that fish and chips restaurant that was closed 10 years ago. Like, <laughs> what? Like, either there's no restaurants in this town or the, this place had such fucking slamming fish and chips that it's just no one can move past it. No like, one. People talk about Carl's with like such a fondness that I'm dying to get to Carl's. I need to I'm- know. I really want some fish and chips. God, what if Dwayne Poole wrote this movie too? Let me look oh it my, up. Yeah, Guys, I will. Dwayne Poole has reached out. Dwayne Poole has made contact. <laughs> Not only did he listen to seven things I did, um, to do before I'm 30, which he said he is a Lori. He tweeted that at me. And I was like, oh my God, I was so embarrassed because like, I think I was like really sort of rough on Dwayne Poole and then said he's like oh he's like I, I'm gonna have to make time to listen to Menu for Murder next and I was like well if you enjoyed seven things I had to do before I'm 30 <laughs> you'll love Menu for Murder because all I did was talk about how that movie was like reminiscent of John Waters and like a lot of my favorite movies but I was like kind of mortified because I was so mean about that movie but in all <laughs> fairness it sucked but also, in all fairness, I told him on Twitter, I was like, you sort of created a genre in a way. Like, I think he like really sort of created the idea of like a manic pixie dream girl came out before 500 days of summer. She had this like weird retro style. Like she had that whole thing going on for her. Right. And of course, yes, a little bit of this is me backpedaling because I'm terrified of Dwayne Poole being mad at me. But um <laughs> I, uh, I also was like, you know, I, I said that throughout the movie that I feel like there was a lot of stuff structurally there and also character wise there that played out like throughout the rest of pop culture to this day. Like when I saw, um, what's her face, Vicky in this movie, when she became Caitlin and she had on, you know, sort of like the red scrunchie and her big blue eyes and her bangs. I was like, that is like such a Zoe moment like that's such Uh like a manic pixie moment that she's going for she really did like harness a look that is not necessarily relevant now but like it was she had a she cultivated a little style for herself as caitlin yeah absolutely did and this was written by barbara barbara kimlica and she wrote death click that was the one that was like the three girls right yeah Okay, I know this name. Yeah, okay. So she... She does a lot of holiday movies. Okay. Let's see. Yeah, she does a lot of... She does a lot of Mean Girls sort of movies too. Bad Sister, I think we did before. 
Oh, sugar daddies. I see all the time mm-hmm. on. So she's a big player on the lifetime movie club circuit. Yeah. Dirty teacher. Not the one with Cameron Diaz. That was bad teacher. Never mind. (laughs) Okay. So who's this actress that plays the lead? So her name is M-A-I-A-R-A Mariah, I guess. It might be like an interesting spelling of Mariah Walsh is her name. So um, it seems like she does a lot of TV movies. Um, She did Notorious, that TV show. She did a couple episodes of that. She was on Switched at Birth. It looked like for a lot of the season, the last ship. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything that's like, she was in mean girls too, which is a, um, direct to DVD favorite. It's a cult favorite. (laughs) I think some people like that. Um, Corey in the house. She played Mina desperate housewives. She played Anna or Anna. Um, vampire diaries. I mean, she looks right for a lot of these things. She has the look. Yeah. She's got a lot of stuff coming up too. Uh Uh-huh. Now the woman who played her mom, she's the big star. She was in NYPD blue and apparently Deuce Bigelow male gigolo. She definitely Um, is, um, reminiscent of someone. Oh, she was also in desperate housewives. She was Anne Schilling. And then she was in, uh, one of my favorite shows, um, Boston legal. I loved that one. I love that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. She's been in a lot of stuff since like the late eighties. The girl played Heather Karis Cameron. She was, um, the Amish Naomi girl on, um, unreal. Yes. Thank you. She also did, um, some episodes of open heart and then BH nine Oh two one Oh, which I think was probably the most recent reimagining. Yeah. Of Beverly Hills nine Oh two one Oh. Um, let me see if there's anyone else. I mean, can I see if my, my boy, I want to know what Darren's been in. Is Anthony Joseph who played Roy. Let's see what my boy Roy is from. (laughs) Oh, he like, he's working on it. He's working on it. He's got some stuff coming up, but he was in um, prosecuting Casey Anthony. Okay. Uh, Human Target, Identity Theft of Cheerleader was 2019, so just this year. And he also has something called Woman on the Edge coming up and a TV series called Snowpiercer, which he is in episode three of. So that's exciting. I love him. I hope I can give him a job someday. I would love to work with Roy. I love that. Let me see what our boy Darren, Darren Webb is from. Matt Finocchio is his name. (laughs) So Maddie, Maddie Finocchio. So he was in uh, a show called date. My dad, he played Alan, who I think is the dad. If I had to guess, <laughs> um, once upon a time in Wonderland, sanctuary, he was on for an arc. Um, he did an episode of the L word. Um, let me see night at the museum battle of the Smithsonian. um, Fifty fifty. What was that? Fifty fifty. I have no idea. It was the um, cancer thing. It was a twenty-seven-year-old guy, Joseph Gordon. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Cancer. Okay. 
I remember thinking that was probably better than it was at the time. He was on Workaholic. Workaholics. He played a guy named Knuckles. (laughs) I loved that show. (laughs) What was the show Combos with my two-year-olds? Never heard of it. I'm not sure about that. Well, so yeah. So so lots of big actors in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of talent. We have lots of talent here. Oh, he played a quiz show host on Riverdale. And okay. he was in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So he's, he's tied in. He's a big industry, industry guy. So um, <laughs> she says, um, okay, so dinner at Carl's. So when they get to, um, <laughs> when they get to Heather's house, flowers are waiting um, on the doorstep. And they're from Liam. And, and Heather's like, oh, um, maybe, you know, he thought the, her getting, him getting all the attention was kind of old school too. And when Vicky comes home, she's fucking pissed. She's like, that bitch. So she has to figure out a way to ruin Heather's life. So she goes to the store and buys a fifth of whiskey. And the guy behind the store, like the counter, asks for her ID. And she's like, I'm flattered you don't think I'm of age. It's just like... (laughs) Honey. (laughs) Slow down. Just... Just slow down. Also, like, I am so clearly not even in my 20s, I don't think. Like, I think that I I read as a 30-something. And when they asked for my ID, I could never imagine deluding myself to the point where I think that it's because they think I'm under 21. Right. This is because they're afraid of being busted by whatever their state commission is they think i'm a fucking narc they think i'm a cop that's why um or like i mean honestly like sometimes i go to a really dark place where i'm just like they think that i'm gonna get arrested for something else and i'm gonna narc them out for not checking my id (laughs) like i'm like oh you want to chase me for that traffic ticket well there's bigger fish to fry the guy at 7-eleven sold me a six-pack of beer and Um, he didn't card (laughs) So they're like, yeah, you're 30, you're 36. So, um, when she gets back, there's a detective waiting for her and he says that he's looking into Darren's disappearance. And she's like, yeah, we were together for a while, but we broke up when I found out he had a gambling problem. Um, she's like, you know, I've actually been worried about him because I know that he's in debt to a couple people, but I'm not sure who. Like, like, this is the one thing that she's thought about as a backstory. Like, I mean, it's actually like the way good. she pulled it off. I was like, oh, yeah, that will throw someone off the trail. Like, he's got gambling debts. Like, why would it be the ex-girlfriend in a world where he has gambling debts? Like, right? she's kind enough to be like, I hope, is he okay? Is everything all right? And he's like, thank you for your time. You've been very helpful. And I'm like... <laughs> Well, I mean, like, how far behind are you? Because I feel like whether or not she was helpful is, like, completely subjective. Like, especially, like, I would have to assume that you've done no research on this man. (laughs) I know nothing about him, but I can tell you he has a gambling problem and that he's broke. He must owe some people some money. (laughs) Yeah, I just hope that no one questioned Roy. And if they did, they did it gently and with respect. Because Roy is just showing up being a good friend to him. Right. He's got his life together. He has, you know, he he definitely has a career and probably a steady girlfriend, if not a fiance or a wife, maybe even a child. Roy's got it together. 
I think of him like when we were talking about like Jax and Sandoval, like what their lives would have been like if it like played differently, if Jax hadn't met Brittany. Like I think of Darren as Jax and I think of Roy as Sandoval, like just sort of like, you know, checking in, staying in contact, but like isn't aware of the extent of his friend's depravity. Yes. You know? Absolutely. So Liam gets a call from Heather and she's like, thank you for the flowers. You know, I don't think your girlfriend was happy about it. And he goes, my yummy mommy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, he's really come around to have a sense of humor about this in the last, you know, six hours. (laughs) Like what the fuck? Like he he couldn't handle that. She didn't know the word meme like earlier (laughs) that day. And now he's like, Oh, you mean my mom? Like, that cougar and i'm like you've been getting fucked by a 30 year old like what the hell so she's like you know it's pretty creepy that she might be old i mean who would want to redo high school and he's like "Uh, not me and she's really into the whole teenage dream thing she thinks it's super hot that the head athlete and the head cheerleader are dating she even talks about their future together and it's starting to feel weird so caitlin goes into travis's office coach travis's office and grabs her keys And she lets herself into Heather's locker and plants the booze. Then she runs into the coach right after she puts the keys away. And she tells her that she actually came to talk to her before school about Heather's drinking. She's been showing up smelling like booze. So in the locker room later, coach comes in and she tells Heather that she needs to open her locker. And Heather has nothing to hide. So she's like, of course. And then the coach finds a bottle of booze, which is a sealed bottle of whiskey with no label on it, by the way. <laughs> right. And it's like, and like the fact that the bottle sealed, like, is sort of a dead giveaway that it's all it's fake. Hers. Yeah. Plus, like, there's just so many, like, basic things. Like, obviously, like, Vicky's a reckless murderer, but like, she, like doesn't think about the fact that her prints are all over this bottle in Heather's locker and like Heather, her hands are nowhere near it. Like it's just all so like thin evidence wise. So she says, um, it's not hers, but the coach says that they need to go to the principal's office and talk about it. So back at home, Heather's parents tell her that they want to believe her and they know she's been through a lot. Plus she hasn't been happy lately. And she says that she didn't bring that bottle to school and she didn't put it in there. And her dad says that she was caught in the liquor cabinet and this is uh, suspension on her record looks really awful now. So basically I like feel so bad for her because this is honestly one of my worst nightmares is somebody doing something to me like this that makes me look like I'm guilty, but no one will believe me. And I like, totally. look, I, I live a clean life. I make good decisions, but like no one will believe me. And it's so terrifying. Yeah. It's like literally why my biggest fear is being committed, like um, <laughs> of being accused of a murder I didn't commit. Like that is yes. my, one of my all time biggest fears just because like, I can't get over it. Like we were even like talking about sort of like, just like how many people are wrongfully convicted. And like, I was saying to you, like sort of a fucked up, like weird little sideways thought of mine, but like Harvey Weinstein, like getting COVID-19 in jail 
and like thinking about all the wrongfully convicted people he's probably giving COVID-19 to right now and just like thinking about what is like how sucks like how much that sucks for them like literally yes. like you don't even deserve like you got caught for a dime bag in 1970 and have been spending a life sentence behind bars and then all of a sudden Harvey Weinstein of all people comes sauntering into your jail full of COVID-19 and that's how you go out after all of that fuck no <laughs> not for me no no thank you so um liam stops by heather's to see her before the game and he says he knows her and that she didn't do it and he's gonna miss her he's never played a game without her and heather says that she doesn't know what she, who would do this to her but she keeps thinking of caitlin he says that she has a fake id and the name on it was vicky patterson maybe if she's really older that's her real name so Vicky answers her phone and it's Lynn from the outlet store. And she says that she's moved on to better things. So she's not going to be taking her job back anytime soon. And Lynn tells her that she got through to Caitlin anyway. Like she basically, Caitlin's going to be going back to school. And it's partially because of the cruel words that Vicky said to her. And Vicky's like, oh, really? She's going back to school? Uh, where? Her old school? And Lynn's like, no, no. She wants a fresh start. So she's going to enroll in Glendale tonight. <laughs> Dead. Dead. Of course. <laughs> so she, like, has a completely normal reaction when she hangs up the phone. Like, she basically, like, kicks and screams alone on her bed. And at this point, I'm sort of like, I don't know. If I was the neighbors, I would definitely start suspecting her of murdering her boyfriend. Just, like, all the screaming that goes on over there. Like... I'm surprised she just hasn't had the cops called on her between right. the banging her head on the walls and the screaming. So Vicky waits for Caitlin outside of work and she comes outside and she's like, what do you want? And she's like, listen, I want to apologize to you. What can we, can we talk about what she's wearing? <laughs> oh yeah. What, what she, is has, she, wearing, like a she has her cheerleading uniform on under a trench coat. <laughs> And yeah. you can see like a little bit of the Cougars logo, like the name Cougars, but it's just like, you know, like the G <laughs> and it's yeah. so very clearly like, what is she doing? I thought it was weird. Cause I was like, it's so obvious that I thought maybe she was going to like somehow surprise Caitlin with like a good faith gesture of being like, I support Glendale too or something. Cause like it's, she's right. very obviously wearing some sort of uniform or pride or spirit shirt underneath her coat. And she is also very randomly wearing a trench coat. You're right. It like, is like a <laughs> oversized raincoat. It's like what a cartoon character would go to kill yes. someone in. Yes. So she basically was like, listen, you know, I was like, go from work. Darren was gambling. I just, you know, I, I was in a bad place and Caitlin's like, yeah, my boyfriend lost his job and he's been drinking all the time. And Vicky's like, listen, I'll give you a ride and you can just totally unload on me. And Caitlin's like, thank you. I'd like that. So Heather is at home Googling Caitlin Sparks and she sees it's a girl that she maybe recognizes from the outlet store. I don't know if that's like, cause there's a moment when they on their way to get shakes after um, Vicky's or Caitlin pretends that like she, they wrote the cheer when they go to the outlet store and Caitlin um, comes up to Vicky in the car. There is a moment when the girls come out where they're like, who's that? And she's like, Oh, just some girl from what's it called? Something Arbor, Arbor high. And so 
I'm wondering if she recognized because she looked like her. She looked chilled to the bone when she saw that Caitlin Sparks from Arbor High was different than Vicky. But it also listed where she worked, too. It said big box outlet store or something like that. So do you think she was putting together that like that like that was the girl from outside of the store that one time? Or do you think that that was just it was just scary that it wasn't Vicky? I think it was both. I think she was, I think she probably was like, I feel like I've seen this girl before, but like, I can't believe this isn't the person that has been acting like she is to me. Cause it's kind of terrible to say, but like Caitlin is that girl that like works at the store where you get ankle socks sometimes. And like, you just never really register her face until right. it's major. And you're like, I'm, I feel like I know her. She looks familiar to me, but where do I know her from? Right? Yeah, she and looks then like she went to the every name of the store. School. Yeah, like listed right there. I feel like she starts to put some stuff together. See, if I was Heather, I probably would have started by spider webbing or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, uh, Vicky's name, Spider Finder. Spider. I would have spider found. That it like I would have looked up Vicky Patterson or whatever Pattinson, whatever her name is. I would have looked up the name that Liam said to me on the phone, not the girl who I don't know. Caitlin Sparks is also a pretty generic name. Yeah. Also, it's weird because Vicky's name is legally Vicky. Yeah, there's no Victoria <laughs> or anything like that. It's just Vicky. So um, Heather goes downstairs and opens up the empty fridge and her mom's watching the news and um, where uh, they're they're showing a a thing and we don't get to see a POV of the TV, but they're saying that Darren's body has been found and he was bludgeoned to death. And Heather sort of comes over, by the way, this is brilliant because like when Heather, this whole scene, like, so she comes down to the kitchen and she goes to get a drink and you sent me a screenshot. This, the fridge is just fucking empty. Like there's not (laughs) even shelves in the fridge. Nothing. There's nothing in there, but she, some, they they clearly put like a bottle of water in there. Yes, she had to grab something. So it's like the one prop, but like this, the door on the side, like I didn't even notice that there was like any sort of like clear shelving that they would normally have on the side of the door for like condiments or something. It was like, they just straight up moved to the fridge into the house for the shoot and like, didn't even bother to install the shelves. No. Um, so it's unclear whether or not to me, she recognized Darren's photo from the TV because Heather's just like, I got to go to the store and yeah, I was wondering that too, because I, she had to have recognized him because for her to like escalate the way that she does, like I have to go to the store, like I yeah. need to leave right now. There has to be something there. Or maybe she thought she was going to go to the store and see Caitlin. Ooh. Hmm. Okay. It's interesting though. Cause like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just like live in a town with a lot of crime or something or I'm, I don't know, but like, I'm surprised that they were like, this guy, Darren was bludgeoned to death and they like showed his face on the news. Like, it's like, that's kind of like small pickings for like a local news to just be like local man bludgeoned to death. Right. First name, last name. So She's like, um, okay, so can I go to the store? And her mom's like, no, you're grounded. So she's like, all right. And then she just like <laughs> bolts out the front door. And her mom like has a change of heart and she gets up and she is like, 
goes down to the hall to like talk to Heather. And then she looks in the room. Heather's not there. Then she looks like one foot in front of her face and sees that the front door is open. And who leaves their house without closing the door? Probably a teenager who doesn't want to get caught. (laughs) I don't know. But like the way it all happens, like this happens in split seconds, right? Yeah. And like she calls, but she's like, Joe, whatever the dad's name is, she's like, and like her voice is all like wavering, like, like literally as if her daughter is even at the end of the driveway, like unless she fucking sprinted out of there, there was also like no sign of her getting keys. There was like, like also I feel like if you're going to ground your teenager, like that might be something you want to collect from them. Like there's, they're running real fast and loose over at Heather's house. Well, maybe she just goes down the block and orders an Uber. That's possible. I do love that we're in an age now where there's Ubers and movies. Mm-hmm. Like it's just something that you can say and, and people know what it is. Yeah. So, um, Heather arrives at Vicky's mom's house and asks her if Caitlin is home and no one by that name lives there. She goes, but you do have a daughter, right? And her mom says, well, who are you? And she's like, I'm just a friend of hers. And her mom's like, well, if you were her friend, you would know that Vicky doesn't live here anymore. And Heather says that she goes to school with her at Glendale High, except she doesn't go by Vicky anymore. And her mom just is like kind of mind blown by this. So this is the scene where Caitlin is clearly a woman over 30. Like she's giving a pep talk to the girls in the gym and like, yes. I write it down, but she's like, okay guys, when we go out there, we're going to want to show them our best. Okay. Don't take no for an answer. Like she's like basically giving these, these instructions to these girls in a way that is so parental. It's not like I'm the captain of the team. Like she's the coach. She's the coach. <laughs> like, Also slash like the patient art teacher that's like walking a class through how to do something. She's talking to them like children, like with the perspective that only someone who was 12 years out of high school could have when she's talking to them. Exactly. So she asks, um, so she runs into Liam in the hallway and he's like, I want to talk to you after the game. And she's like, well, are you going to break up with me? And he's like, listen, we just need to, we need to talk. So she goes into the locker room and she starts having an absolute fit and she starts banging her head against the locker and Heather appears out of nowhere and is like, are you okay, Caitlin? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just getting pumped up for the game. (laughs) I'm getting pumped up for the game. I lost it. I'm pumping myself up for the game by slamming my head repeatedly into a locker. Nothing gets me ready for the big game like a fucking concussion. Okay. For some people, it's a Snickers bar. For me, it's a fucking concussion. Oh, like you drink a Celsius? Okay. I like to bang my head up against the fucking wall, dude. I can't. Like she's so metal. Like what the hell? Like literally what the hell? Like her her makeup like is all over the place probably. (laughs) It's like the indent of like a locker vent on her face so um, she's ready to go she's heather's like yeah you know it must be a big deal for you big game you're the head cheerleader there's things are going so much better for you the second time around huh vicky and caitlin's like i don't know who you're talking about who's vicky and she's like i spoke to your mom vicky and you're not who you say you are and who is your brother and what did you do to him and vicky cannot believe that Heather spoke to her mom and Heather's like, yeah, I did. And your mom's not happy with you. You're not going to say you are, you need help. And this is going to end tonight. 
And so then Vicky pushes her into a locker, knocks her out, and drags her body away. So then Caitlin goes running into the gym, but she ditches Heather's phone under the bleachers before she starts to um, cheer with the team. And then everyone's there out there. Everyone's like, woo! Um, In the boys' locker room, the coach tells the guys, the coach is giving such a more even speech than it's like the juxtaposition between Caitlin's speech and his speech is like crazy because she's like, second second place is just the first loser and then the coach is in the boys room is like okay um you know the real winners are players who never quit and then they That's do right. like one, one two three team and break um liam uh liam answers his phone and it's heather's mom and she says that heather is missing and liam's like all right i'm gonna go look for her so um, Liam sees that she's not with her friends or the cheer team. So he goes into the girls' locker room, which, by the way, at my school would have been um, grounds for expulsion. Absolutely. Not just suspension. Like, we knew damn well, like, if you went into the boys' locker room as a girl or into the girls' locker room as a guy, you were getting fucking expelled. Like, not even, yeah. like, just fucking, you're done. So... He's looking around for her and um, Heather wakes up on the floor of a storage closet and she jumps right to her feet and goes to the door and starts like creating a racket so that someone will hear her and come and get her. And Liam hears her and runs to help her. And he's like, where, where's Vicky? And um, he's like, or she goes, where's Vicky? And he's like, who's Vicky? And she goes, Caitlin, that's her real name. And I'm like, Liam, you were the one who told her her name was Vicky. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, did you just forget what happened in the last, like, 48 hours? Yeah, Liam also had a stroke in his sleep, which is complicated <laughs> the second part of this half. Yeah, like, when he's like, oh, you mean my yummy mummy? Like, I think after he heard meme, he had a small stroke in class and just has never come back from it fully. So, um... He's like, I, all right, I, I got to find her. Something is wrong with her. After this game, we got to do something. So Liam's running late when the game starts and everyone's looking for him. They have like announced him and he just hasn't made an appearance. And he told one of his friends to tell the coach he's like taking a dump or something. <laughs> yeah. He literally said like, tell the coach I'm taking a dump. Like, yeah i'm in the can yeah i think that's yeah it was like really crass like that and it was just like oh my god shouldn't that have happened like before now um so as the girls cheer everything becomes very dreamlike and glowy and what vicky is seeing is not real life it's sort of like the ending of like an after school special or like even like a vintage made for tv movie where like things just sort of become like glossy and, like, all of a sudden, it's, like, you know, sort of almost freeze frame on the magical moment that all of this has been leading up to. Um, she doesn't even notice her mom enters the gym. And her mom doesn't look s- super weirded out by it. No, she doesn't. She doesn't, like, she should be horrified. She's but totally, she's like, just like Yeah, she's just walking in and she sees her daughter. And that's literally it. There is no, like, no emotion, no confusion. Like, I would be confused. I would be, like, upset and angry, and a range of emotion would show. Oh, for sure. But not her mom. (laughs) No. I mean, I have some more theories about this, too. I want to talk about that when we wrap it up. But um, she doesn't even notice um, until basically the cops uh, are entering the gym and they're there to arrest her for murdering Darren. And she's like, no, no, I'm Caitlin. And then she calls to her mom and she's like, mom, I did it. Mom, I'm doing it. Um, 
Then we cut so to months dark. later and Heather is the new captain of the team and Liam tells her that, you know, he's got it. He's wanted by Atlanta. So he's going to school in Atlanta. They kiss. So obviously they're together now. Um, Vicky's mom makes herself a martini as she watches the news and finds out that her daughter was charged with killing her boyfriend and her former coworker, Caitlin Sparks, whose identity she stole. Then we see... Um, oh, wait. They call her the cougar. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> call the her news. the cougar. <laughs> it's perfect. It's very Operation <laughs> Varsity Blues. Like, where it's yeah. just like, oh... Sometimes crime just meets you in the middle, you know? <laughs> but Vicky's sitting in her prison cell and she's cheering to herself, B is for best, E is for energy, B is for best, E is for energy. <laughs> it's so bad. And it just sort of ends with her scream cheering in her her cell. And like, I don't know, this is like another thing that I just don't, I, I kind of hate that she's crazy it made me a little sad because it's clearly a tbi situation here or like she doesn't belong in prison like if she's at the point where we see all of her other like co-inmates are in the yard and she's in like serious solitary confinement solitary confinement like basically with a mattress on the floor like at that point, I'm sort of like, I feel like she would have been a candidate for the mental hospital. Absolutely. Yeah, she does not deserve to be in a, like a normal prison. Which apparently the, the mental hospital part of prison is just as bad slash possibly worse. Like whenever people try and say like, oh, so-and-so is trying to plead insanity. But in fact, like the mental facilities that are for prisoners are even worse. Like, I believe that. Because yeah. it's such monotony and like you are treated like a prisoner, except like you're treated like a prisoner who can't keep anything together about themselves. So I don't know, like the thing about that was so crazy about the end to me was that her mom seemed so unbothered. Completely. She seemed Completely. unbothered by her daughter reaching her goal she seemed unbothered by the fact that her daughter was going to prison for the rest of her life for a double murder and i just like and probably like some sort of other like charges for assaulting heather and whoever else like i just am like is the message of this that her mom's like a deep narcissist and like, it kind of doesn't matter. Like she, this young girl's life was wasted by like a narcissistic mother. I don't know. Cause the only time her mom ever showed any sort of like emotion about the way her daughter was acting was when she legit threw a beer bottle at her head. Yeah, it was, it was wild to see how unmoved she was by it. But even when she was throwing the beer bottle at her head, it like she wasn't concerned enough for her safety, if you ask me. No, she was barely flinching and cowering, but she did have like a look on her face that was like a little scared, but not scared enough. Damn. Well, I'm glad we picked this movie to go over for a mini episode. You guys work with us right now because we are still figuring out how to do this. This was longer than I hope they will be in the future. And I did sort of go into some details that hopefully in future episodes, I won't be so focused on making sure we hit all the beats. But 
Um, Nicole, thank you for joining me for this today. Yeah, this was fun. My first like official Mother May I Sleep with podcast episode. I know, which is and wild this ain't to even, think, right? This is like the first main feed. Like you and I did um, Web of Lies as a mini episode when we were in Charleston. That's on the Patreon, yeah. you guys. Patreon.com slash solid listen. It will be in the description of this. Um, but we did that. We have to have you on like once we're back into season six, which hopefully, you know, I don't love to do remote episodes. I don't really have a choice if Nicole's a guest because she's in Indiana. But um, I'm hoping that season six, assuming, I don't know how long we're going to be stuck inside for, but I'm hoping that if I do have to do them remotely, that the sound quality difference won't be too much of a uh, jarring thing for you guys to get used to. Please give us feedback on how the sound was for this, because this is probably very similar to what season six will sound like if we're stuck inside. Um, the good news about potentially doing an entire season remotely is that I can have on a lot more people, um, people from all over the place. So that's one thing that we sort of have going for us as potentially maybe doing season six um, remotely from home, not IRL. Um, we will miss having Sammy here to produce in person, but um, yeah, let us know what you think of these mini episodes. I'm going to try and keep doing these as much as possible. Hopefully um, we get through this. All right. I think we will. Um, you know, it's a real disaster situation that we're in. I really hope everyone's staying safe. And if you're not, I hope you feel better soon. And for all of our friends who are on the front lines, we thank you so much for everything that you're doing. And we literally, like, we do this for people like all of you who are listening at home. If you are bored and you need a friend, if you're trying to keep your mind off of stuff, if you're someone who's driving to work right now in the middle of all this chaos, um, thank you so much for tuning in. You're the best. Yes, thank you. We're here for you. You guys, check out Nicole and I's mini podcast, daily podcast, Quarantinis. We upload pretty much every day of the week, um, Monday through Friday. And we talk about everything from right now, we're doing a breakdown of polyamory, married and dating. We're doing recaps of that show, which is awesome and such a dream come true for me. We're also um, doing lots of like, you know, fun stuff with Reddit, lots of different games. I exposed all the domain names I own the other day. <laughs> and we found out a, a crazy anecdote about someone who was having sex with a, a human body made out of lo mein noodles. So... <laughs> If so, you yeah, enjoyed what Vicky's madness was, like you'll love that. So, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Check out this movie; it is a really breezy watch. And um, if you guys have any other suggestions for episodes that are for movies that might not make the best full length episode, but might be a good movie to cover while we're doing this, let me know. And um, make sure to send in uh, any suggestions or feedback that you guys have for guests that we could have right now. If the audio quality was okay for you, and if you leave a review. Please don't make fun of me for being afraid of my mother until I was 21 years old. I think you covered it all. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.